Welcome to Spiritual Success, the podcast. I'm your host, Cynthia Stant. As a dedicated student of metaphysics, I have skillfully honed my intuition, mastered the art of meditation, and cultivated a disciplined spiritual practice that has led me to become a multi-seven-figure top sales producer. Today, I work with thousands of business professionals, entrepreneurs, and their teams to up-level their sales game and create magic in their business and life. On this show, you will see that all success truly happens when you authentically align with your intuition. So come, be vulnerable, be open-minded, and allow success to pour through you here on Spiritual Success. Hello, hello, successful souls. Today is a super, super special episode of the Spiritual Success Podcast for many reasons. One, we are streaming live into the Spiritual Success Sorority Facebook group. So if you are a member there, you are getting a special sneak peek. Also, too, we have an amazing guest today. So not only is this a client of mine, but very quickly became a very dear friend of mine. And the thing is, she is also not only a daring human, but probably the most humble person that I know. So I'm going to do the honors of bragging for her because I know she won't do it for herself. <laughs> Let's talk about my guest today, Suzanne Goldstein. I'm not going to lie. I have this written down because there is quite a resume here. So not only is Suzanne a graduate of the Kennedy School of Harvard and Cornell, she also taught at Harvard. She's an author and has her book, Carrying a Paintbrush, How to Be the Artistic Director of Your Own Career. She is also an ex-Disney and Hollywood producer, one of the first executive women in the IT world during the WW era, and also the CEO and founder of Dare Human, where she helps transformation and success coach to purpose-driven, profit-making uh, leaders and entrepreneurs. I told you there was quite a bit there, but everybody, please welcome Ms. Suzanne Goldstein. And Suzanne, please, if I left anything out, please you know, include and introduce yourself. Well, hello, everybody. And thank you, Cynthia, so much for having me. First, I just love you. You know that. We totally have a mutual admiration society going. So thank you for bragging about me. But I brag about you as well, because you're just an extraordinary human. So thank you. Thank you for inviting me to be here today. You know, for me, uh, what I love to do with people is I love to dare them to live life as big as possible. And so for me, I have done that throughout my life is every time I get to a place, I keep daring myself to rise higher. So what I've done isn't as important as who I've been as I've done it. And that's for me where this all starts. Yeah, that's awesome. And honestly, that's what we always talk about here on the show is really about you know, getting comfortable with being uncomfortable. And that is how you grow. Instead of labeling it as feeling scared, label it as being excited because you are the CEO of your life and it's really up to you. You call the shots, you're the shot caller. So exactly. Um, you know, there's one thing you and I connected and it, people listening to us would think it was years and years ago, but I feel like right away we just connected and we vibe on so many different levels. But I think one of the things that our listeners will find really interesting is that we have in common is that both you and I, were leading ladies. We were executive leaders in a very male-dominated industry. So many of my listeners already know, but just as a reminder, at the age of 23, I became the youngest state portfolio manager in the world for Jim Beam brands. So I was in the bourbon world and technically, you know, there's one position per state. So there's 50 positions. There was four that were women. 
and I was the youngest. <laughs> so there was a lot of growth that happened there, a lot of being scared, a lot of feeding my beast, um, and really just, you know, becoming the leader who I am now in so many different areas. But I would love for you to tell people a little bit about your role and what you did in IT, because I think that is so impressive. And also, you know, kind of how that got started and, and what it was like to be a woman in that role. Wow. Thank you for asking. So Going into technology was actually, I don't want to say a mistake, but it was an evolution for me. I was producing movies in Hollywood, and I ran into a situation where I felt like the moral values of the people that I was working with were not as high as I desired. I wanted people who were ethically and morally like straight up the line. I wanted people who wanted to make the world better. That's what I wanted to surround myself with. And it was so funny. I was actually on a ski lift um, in Park City going to the Sundance Film Festival. And I happened to be on the chairlift with a woman and she's like, well, what do you do? And I said, you know, I'm exploring into this thing called the interactive world. And it turns out she was the only person in Los Angeles who worked for a design agency that was doing stuff in this new thing called the World Wide Web. And so I, yeah, exactly. And so I ended up working for that company and then moving up to the Bay Area and became one of the early interaction designers on the web. So now today we call those experience designers. But back in the day when the web was completely brand new, we're talking 1994 and five, um, I was one of the only people that knew how to architect how we use a website. So I have a background in mechanical engineering, which is another place where I was like one of very few women. And I have a degree in theater and film. And those two things together, I think, really set me up for being in this world. But then I got there and, and these guys are like, who are you? And, and I was this person who could actually speak to the business side and speak to the technology side at the same time. And so a lot of people, it was unexpected. They were used to women being in marketing. They were used to women doing the pretty pictures. They weren't used to a woman who would come in and actually talk to them at a peer level about what was going on from the technology. Granted, at the time, the technology was all brand new. So we were all figuring out together. But the fact that I was in a room and it would be like 20 guys and me um, figuring this stuff out, you know, you, you get a thick skin really fast when you live in a, that kind of world. This is a totally going rogue question. I wasn't planning this. I'm curious, when you were the only woman, because again, I remember being the only woman in a boardroom of 50 men, I still totally rocked my cheetah dresses. <laughs> did you Did you still dress like super feminine or did you kind of match with the, the harder exterior of like a business suit, things of that sort? I'm just curious. No, I definitely wore dresses and, yeah. you know, wore whatever I was comfortable with. But I will tell you a little secret. I remember that um, I, one of the very first times I was in a room full of guys, right? And there was some conversation going on and I really did not know what they were talking about. And I was nervous to ask. And so I excused myself to go to the restroom and I called a friend of mine and I'm like, they just said such and such. What does that mean? And uh, he, he told me and I came back in the room and I totally rocked it, right? And it was like, it, there's a thing that you kind of put on this fierce atmosphere for yourself because you need to level up and make sure that you're being heard and not just stepped over. We know that like if you're in a boardroom and it's all guy conference room and it's all guys and the woman at the table says something, she suggests something and no one will pay attention to it. And then another guy at the table five minutes later will say exactly what the woman said. And everybody's like, great idea. 
And if you actually want to advocate for women, what we need, and for the women watching, this is what you need to tell the guys around the table, people who are allies, you need to say, yeah, that was a great idea when Suzanne said it. That was a great idea when Cynthia said it. So that you start getting acknowledgement because it is often that you can be drowned out by all these voices. Yeah, I um, I can relate to that too. I remember when my husband and I, we first moved to Florida and we started real estate investment. We managed um, portfolios for investors overseas, mostly Israeli men. And I would be the one on the front lines. I would be the one seeing the homes and being assessing the homes and actually renovating them. And I would have ideas. And very often it would be like, mm, no. So I would have to tell my husband the ideas. He would present them and it would be fabulous. My husband still does real estate. He lives it. He breathes it. It makes him so excited. For me, though, I was like, I need to find somewhere where I can really have my voice so I can relate to that. And you know what's interesting? I was doing some uh, statistic research this morning and not a ton of course, but I'm happy to hear that um, I was presently, um, excuse me, I'm surprised, pleasantly surprised that Harvard right now, law school is about 51% male and 49% female. I'm sure that's changed quite a bit, but also I wasn't surprised to see that technology, uh, technology information, that industry is 80% male dominated right now and 20% female still to this day. So that's really interesting. And again, just to be a woman to thrive. I'm curious, how is it that you kind of brought in feminine energy to help you excel in your position? And just so our listeners know, when I say feminine energy, I'm not necessarily talking about female or male and saying that male is bad and female is bad or masculine and feminine, but I know you were very educated on what I'm talking about when it comes to feminine energy. So how did you bring feminine energy into the workforce to really excel in your position? I, I so want to answer that question, but I'd love to just tag on something you said about statistics. Yeah. So in 1955, when they first started admitting women to Harvard Law School, mm-hmm. and it was a big deal, right? There were a lot of people, a lot of men, a lot of professors who were like, if you've ever seen any of the movies about Ruth Bader Ginsburg, they're like, what do you think is so special about you that you should take a place away from a man? Mm-hmm. And at the time, they put women in the school, but they had no bathroom facilities for them. Oh, my gosh. And so the women would go to class, and then they'd have to run across campus to go find a place to pee. And at one point, they're, like, late for classes, and they're all and they're so nervous to go talk to the male professors, the male administrators. They're like, ah, uh, we need a place to pee. So they finally gave them one toilet in a janitor's closet. Wow. So, like, we've come so far from here, and there is definitely a part of us that needs to adopt a very straightforward male approach to what we do. However, I think that what we can bring in our feminine energy is this receptivity, this idea and understanding of what, in the case what I was doing, I was doing experience design. It's what do the users actually want? So if you have a bunch of engineers that are designing how a system works, they think like engineers. They design things like engineers. What happened with me with the feminine energy is I could speak to them So they felt like I was being a boss and I was telling them what to do and I was explaining why, but the work I was doing, I brought all this feminine energy to it. So I could say, this is how people experience things. If you place this button here, no one will find it, right? But if you actually create this kind of experience for them, amazing things will happen. And so I think it's towing this line of bringing the feminine energy and the exploration and the receptivity to the work and then being able to communicate it in a way that help people listen to me. 
Yeah, communication obviously is a huge aspect of the feminine um, energy. I want to talk about this in a second, but, you know, it's really interesting because you came up in conversation in the day when I was coaching my group program, which is the spiritual success program. And a lot of my women are very high executive CEO entrepreneurs. They are in male dominated industries where they understand how to do all the masculine. They go, 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 go. They do, 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 do. But yet they're like, I still want more. And I always joke around, but I like ice cream. So I, I paint pictures with it. They get the ice cream on their own. They got the hot fudge and they even managed to get the whipped cream. They come and work with me when it's time to get the sprinkles and the cherry. And it's really just about embracing femininity, spirituality, and bringing that to the male-dominated, you know, workforce. And so one of the best things as, as females is that we know how to communicate. And really, you inspired me when we were, um, you know, coaching the other day. But it, you, I always say when this, the student comes, the teacher's ready, all those things. But I learn from everyone. Every time I speak, have a conversation, I also listen and I learn too. And you taught me a lot. Um, and the one Get thing, the one thing that I really took away was when we were talking about networking mm-hmm. and this, this show, we have such amazing guests that come in. There's so many that are scheduled because of this one story and you have a million stories that are so good, but there is one story that I absolutely love and I want you to share it with our guest is about how you really got discovered in, um, Hollywood producing and how you did at such a young age and the strategy behind it and you have a special name for it and everything so can you please share that story with everybody and everybody get ready for this this is one of my favorite stories i've ever heard and <laughs> it's acknowledge it embrace this opportunity to hear this and see it through actually apply what she is telling you because it will change your life and for me within a week it already did oh my gosh well that means the world to me i'm so grateful to hear that wow so um i arrived in hollywood at the age of 24 i knew no one Um, I was staying with a friend, you know, an hour south of actual Hollywood, and I didn't know what I was doing, but I knew this one woman who was from New York, and I had worked in New York around the film business, and she was in Los Angeles, and she was producing theater, which had nothing to do with the film business, but I went to see her because she was the only person I knew, and I was sitting in her lobby, And this guy came in and he was there to take her out for dinner. And I'm like, wait, I'm supposed to be talking to her. You're taking her out to dinner. I got all kinds of nervous. And I sat there in the lobby and I start like peppering him with questions because I'm like, he was like, who are you? And I'm like, well, tell me what you do, right? So uh, the thing is, when you talk to people and you ask them about themselves, they love to talk about themselves. So he told me all these things about his life and how he's peripherally related to the film business and blah, blah, blah. And he says, the end, turns the question to me, says, so what are you here to do? And I told him, I really want to be a director's assistant. Um, that's what I want to do. I had done that previously in London. And he said, do you have a resume? This is back in the day when you carried a paper resume and I handed him my resume and that was the end. And I went home and I promptly got the flu. And on Monday morning, I get this phone call and I says, this woman says, hi, my name is Bettina Viviano. I work for Steven Spielberg's company, Amblin, and I hear you're new in town looking for a job. Steven Spielberg, have I heard of him before? And I was completely (laughs) sure that this was a friend of mine totally pulling my leg. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, Lee, stop it. Don't do that. No, my name is Bettina Viviano, and I hear you're new in town. I was at a Super Bowl party, and this guy, Larry, handed me your resume. And I'm like, what? And all of a sudden, I was like, I know I'm a good manifester, but like, I didn't know it's that good. So I go and I meet this woman. And 
Long story short, after a couple meetings with her, we decide that we're going to be better off as friends Mm -hmm. than we are for me working for her. It was just not the right fit. And so I turned to her, having one of my clever moments, and said, you know, now that we're friends, would you do me a favor? I'm new in town. I'm trying to get the lay of the land. Would you be open to introducing me to five of your colleagues who might be willing to talk to me for five minutes. Like, that's all I need. I just want to hear what they do, hear about them. She's like, that's a great idea. So she writes down five names and numbers. Again, pre-internet, pre-email, pre-all this stuff. And she's like, here you go. Here's the piece of paper. So the next day I call every single one of them. Bettina Viviano, she has a big name. They know she's at Steven Spielberg's company. Recommendations and referrals are everything in Hollywood. It suggested that we talk. Do you have five minutes? So I ended up going to these five different appointments all over Hollywood for five minutes. And I met these people. And what happens is when you ask people about themselves, like I said, they fall in love with you. Mm-hmm. So they talk about themselves for about, mm, I don't know, 25 minutes. And afterwards, they turn to you because they booked a half hour in, even though you only asked for five minutes. Right. And so they turn the conversation to you and you tell them what you're interested in doing. They usually say, do you have a resume? Again, back in the days of resumes. And if I felt like we had developed a kinship during that conversation, I feel like they had invested in me. Now, they love you because you're listening to them. But if I felt like there was some kind of kinship, I would say to them, do you have five people that you'd be willing to introduce me to? And that might give me five minutes of the time. This conversation was so valuable. I really appreciate it. And by the way, here's three copies of my resume. If you hear of anything, please let me know. So when you tell me the story, sorry, um, you were like, here's three copies. Do whatever you want with it. Yeah, paste it all over the bathroom. spread the word i am looking for the job right exactly so i was like paste it in the bathroom hand it out to people mm-hmm. make copies whatever you desire so those people would give me the name of five people i call those five people so now you can imagine by the time i had met with the first five and each of them gave me five that was in 30 people total right so at the end of my third week in hollywood i had met 30 people and at the end of my sixth week in Hollywood, this just tells you about me. I was like, I have failed. I didn't, I wasn't successful at breaking into Hollywood. I'm going to have to go home to Boston and I'm going to have to put my tail between my legs and I'm a total failure. <laughs> and then I, I checked my message system again, really before voicemail worked. Um, and they said, oh, you have a call from Disney. I'm like, oh my God. I'm about to give up. I'm a failure. I've met 54 people at that point. And I'm like, no one loves me. No one's going to give me a job. What's wrong with me? All of a sudden, I find out Disney's calling. Uh, So I call them back. And I'm like, hi, you know, this is Ian Goldstein. I hear you. And they're like, oh, yeah, um, we're calling because we have a director who's looking for an assistant for a new movie. And your resume ended up in the pile 11 times. 11 times 11 which is my favorite number and always has been it's my angel number and I was like oh my god so I went in for an interview the next day I brought an extra pair of shoes just in case I got hired I literally got hired on the spot that's how I broke into Hollywood that's amazing and I just think it's so cool I'm actually in Disney World right now while we're filming this my listeners know when in doubt turn to Disney and the fact that you know that's where you really got started too that's amazing and that's so true just the power of five and 
this is really important because people need to understand it's never been easier. You are driving to the places. They could have said no to your face, right? You were, you know, putting miles into your car. You had to dress up each time. The thing is, we tell ourselves a lot of stories when it comes to networking and connecting, but it has never been easier. You're on the other side of the country right now, over 2,000 miles away. I'm in Florida. You're in L.A. And we are sitting here talking together. I have made millions and millions of dollars worth of sales from this little box that I keep in my pocket. Right. It's amazing what you can do just within the last few months. I've connected with people in the Netherlands this morning, the Netherlands, people in Estonia, Slovenia. And I always joke around I have to Google where those places are because I'm not the best with geography. It's never been easier. And when you connect with people, it's all about making about them. It's not about selling, it's about serving. And the best salespeople, they always listen. And that's exactly what you did. But then when you listen, that's, you know, bringing, you know, doing serving for somebody else, you're allowed to ask. It's just a simple thing. And if somebody says no online, so what? On to the next, on to the next. And that's what it is. Consistency, repetition, serving people, and just putting yourself out there. And when you do, your life can change. But I just, it's so amazing hearing what you went through before all the amazing, um, you know, technology to support it. But I want our- And the funny thing, honestly, Cynthia, is I call this networking by fives. I write it in my, about it in my book, if people want detail. Um, But it's interesting because- what I learned is that every single person I, I followed up with personally, yes, every single person I invested in them because by investing in them, they invested in me. And actually, I only invested once they invested in me. So that's where mm-hmm. what the turning point for me was I was listening. I was listening. I was listening. They turned it around to me. Boom. I knew I had them. So this whole idea of networking by fives is you give and you give and you give, but you also, you thank, you communicate. So if someone in this part of the tree that I was building ended up introducing me to someone who ended up getting me a job, I would follow up with them and I'd say thank you. And I used this technique to break into the dot-com world. We started with that story about technology. It's how I broke in there. Everything I've done in my life has been literally reaching out to people and asking people to introduce me. And people love to share. That's the beauty of this is they just love it. You and I, we started on a connection call. That's how our relationship got started. And it wasn't about what am I selling? What are you selling? It's who are you? What do you offer? What are you looking for? And that was something that really changed for me going from a very, you know, high level salesperson to becoming the leader of a company because when you're the salesperson in the beginning for me it was so competitive I wanted mm-hmm. to be number one and it's who do I have to take out to get to that person and of course I'm going to network with my clients but like my people the other salespeople were my competition and yeah. that is not the mindset you want to bring into running a successful company it's a lot different so every time that I connect with somebody I think of who can I connect them with and even with having the podcast a lot of people in the beginning are like I don't want to have people in my podcast that are, that are going to outshine me no, no, you want to provide, you know, guests that are going to provide value and it builds your credentials. My goodness, just having you here, like I'm saying, you're bringing so much value to the listeners in our group and to in the podcast. And that's the mindset you have to understand is that together we rise, right? Together and we rise. Exactly. And together we're going to reach so many more people and we're going to create that ripple effect and we're going to leave that legacy and we're going to shine our, our light even brighter together. And I think it's just through the power of people, the power of proximity, that you're able to really 
quantum leap, that you're able to grow so much faster. Like you said, you were one girl in a big city within six weeks, three weeks, you had 30 plus conversations and 11 people. That story just blew my mind. And it's, it's true. So now I always say after my conversations, who do you know? And then I, I go up right away and think of my Rolodex and I introduce them to people. Yep. Uh, it's been life-changing. So that story was awesome. Thank you so much for sharing that. Oh my God, it means so much to me that it's working for you. And that was my hope is that a lot, when I wrote my book, it was not because I desired to write a book, honestly. It was mm-hmm. that my career had changed so much. The funny thing about me is I version myself like software. I think of my brain like this awesome software thing that I constantly need to upgrade the software on. So I'm currently on version 15.9 of myself. (laughs) And, you know, what? I love it. Yeah, when I broke into Hollywood, I was probably version three because I think yeah. that was my third thing I had done. That was a big breakthrough. I had worked in the film industry in London. I had worked in the theater business in London. So Hollywood of my big was my 3.0. And, you know, if you're constantly thinking about transformation and growth in your lifetime, every single thing that you run into, whether it's good, bad, hard, easy, whatever it is, it's an opportunity for you to learn a lesson and grow. And so even when you come up against the walls, people don't want to introduce you or they introduce you and the people that you follow up with have no time for you, not interested. You're like, okay, what did I learn here? The lesson and the opportunity to upgrade and up-level and grow is constantly something that you're looking out for. And so nothing becomes really challenging or devastating because you're just learning learning from every episode. That's, I think, what changes things. And so when people were like looking at my life, and they're like, can you meet with my kid to tell them how you did what you did? And I, at first I was meeting with everybody's kid, everybody's nephew, everybody's brother, everybody's everybody. And it was like, can you go out to coffee with them? And it turned into hours of time that I was spending with other people, which was lovely. But I was telling the same thing over and over and over again. So finally I was like, I'm going to make a handbook. I'm just going to do a little handbook. Here, do this. And then, and then it turned into a book because I'm like, wow, this is stuff that people could benefit from learning. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Thank you. So also, I want to make sure people know where they can be following you because um, yeah. we're going to be wrapping up shortly. So where can they follow you on social media? I know you have your Facebook group. I'd love for you to invite them and let them know of any upcoming events that you have too that they can attend to learn more about you. Oh my gosh, thank you. All right, so... On Instagram and all of the socials, I'm at at follow Suzanne. So even if you go facebook.com slash follow Suzanne, that is me. Um, excuse me. Follow Suzanne is my business page. My personal page on Facebook is slash Suzanne Goldstein. My group is called Dare Human. You can go into Facebook and just search for Dare Human. Um, what we do in that community is we challenge each other to rise. I love to change people's perspective. I love to give them a new way of seeing the world. And my superpower is helping people take their power and use it for good in the planet. And that's how whatever version of good it is for you. So people come into my Dare Human group. I go live every day in the group. And we do. I do similar things like this. We have guests. It's really fun. Cynthia has actually spoken in my group, which has been amazing. She did an incredible job. Um, so I have, I share the mic, I let people come forward, I interview people. On Wednesdays, I do a thing called ITK in the know. I actually go over current affairs. What do you need to know this week? A lot of people I work with and know don't watch the news. They're not that interested. 
And so I make sure they at least know the things that are going on in this universe, in this world, so that they can participate as active people. So that's that. And then Instagram, all those places, follow Suzanne. And Suzanne has an S in the middle. S-U-S-A-N-N-E. Yay. And then also Suzanne does host amazing workshops, just like we have in the Spiritual Success Sorority. So I know she has one coming up soon, which will be hosted inside her Facebook group. I'll be sure to leave all the links here in the comments after, and then also in the write-up of this podcast so you can find her nice and easily. But again, it's Suzanne Goldstein. So you'll be able to find her through my friends and things too, if you look that up. But Suzanne, honestly, this was so inspiring. That's what this is all about. It's just uplifting, motivating, and just showing people what it takes. Yes, things can fall out of the sky when you really get into alignment, but getting into alignment tends to take work. It's all about doing the actions, um, about living your purpose. And I think you really embody that. So perfect, perfect, amazing guest today. And honestly, I just appreciate you. I love you. I'm really excited for working together. And for all my listeners, in the meantime, until the next time we go live here in the group, acknowledge it, embrace it, see it through. Bye, successful souls. Hey, successful soul, before you head to the next episode of Spiritual Success, be sure to come join me and other like-minded entrepreneurs and business professionals in my Facebook group called Spiritual Success Sorority. Everyone is welcome. And if you're loving the show, you're going to love the group even more. There, I'll be engaging with you weekly in live shows, listening to your input for new weekly topics, and hosting exclusive workshops for members only. So if you're looking to really uplevel your financial and personal success, meet me on over in the Spiritual Success Sorority Facebook group. See you on the inside.